electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are steady. We're coming off that Dow record high. Earnings definitely keeping us busy. Uber, Viacom, PayPal, Moderna. But it's the reopening and these encouraging COVID headlines that are front and center. Jobless claims below 500K for the first time. Our roadmap begins with that reopening trade. Vaccine stocks under some pressure as the U.S. supports these patent waivers. Plus Peloton, well, those, those shares are sinking once again today after the stock shed $4 billion in market value just yesterday. Shares of PayPal, though, seem to be rallying. That company delivering an earnings beat, moving ahead with its big bet on crypto. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Carl, crypto. <laughs> Guys, as we said, a uh, big part of the discussion this morning, Jim, involves uh, jobless claims below 500K, obviously Uber's comments about the reopening. And I would argue that Dara, at least to this point, has been a little cautious about putting their numbers as a reflection of the broader economic reopening. Uh, uh, Frankly, uh, as much as I respect Dara, I I don't know if I respect this business as much as I once did. I I think it was great that they moved aggressively into delivery because we didn't want to go to the restaurants. That's over. We want to go to restaurants more than I've ever seen. Uh, and I've got to tell you, David, uh, people don't want delivery if there's a restaurant, any restaurant nearby. I went to Longhorn Steak this weekend rather than have delivery. And by the way, it wasn't that bad. It could bloody marry. But there is there's an element, David, of desperation to get out of the house. I think that's probably the case, certainly in places that have uh, been more locked down than others in our country. Um, I thought what's interesting as well in listening to uh, Mr. Khazra Shahi uh, talk with uh, with Andrew uh, and Becky um, prices, you know, Jim. And I mean, prices. we've all experienced this lately. There seems to be a bit of a shortage of drivers. Right. And the prices are exorbitant, uh, I think is fair to say. He said three times they'll lean into it. Yeah, which, lean in, which I think means leaning into actually getting more drivers on the road so that potentially prices will start to come down. I thought lean into it meant that we're not going to make as much money and the drivers are making more. Maybe. Or is that, that just maybe the function I mean, of the word? There are any mean. number of other reasons, but certainly. they're leaning into the subway in New York, meaning that you want to take the subway when you see that bill. We told our son, hey, you know what? You're not an investment banker. <laughs> take the subway. Yeah. Mm. No, it, it, Carl, it could lead to more subway traffic, certainly in New York or other metropolitan areas, if, in fact, they maintain or keep those very high levels uh, in, in terms of pricing right now. Because uh, it is noticeable, even for those of us who don't use Uber that often, right. when you do check in on it. I wow. hear you hailed a cab the other day. I did last What was night? that like? Uh, I've been in plenty of taxis lately. Yeah. Well, that's something, Carl. There's a, there was a, a, a kind of a... And the subway. A, the, there is kind of a sticker shock to Uber and... I don't think it's going to get better. He said, there's, look, there's sticker shock to everything. The great quandary that J-PAL faces is that there's, there's so many help-wanted signs, and yet there's this tremendous mismatch 
between what the help wanted and what people want to do. And uh, to get drivers, they're going to have to pay more. And that's just something there was a surfeit of of drivers. Now there's a shortage. Just it's the chip driver shortage. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And of course, that uh, golden ring in the long term of autonomy uh, is still out there. But for the time being, Dara did talk to Squawk Box this morning about demand, as Jim says, and the degree to which they will have to pay more to get people around. Here's what he said. We're very, very encouraged, actually, by the business, the signs that we're seeing all around us, uh, our bookings for the quarter. It was our best quarter ever. Really, what we're seeing now is a benefit of Uber Eats that has grown at incredible rates. Revenue more than tripled this quarter and accelerated. The growth rate accelerated, even though you see the world opening up. And we're now seeing the mobility business come back as well. It's just a string of results, Jim, that are on this topic. That's Uber today. It was Hilton yesterday. Uh, Papa John's comps 20 plus. Right. We're just in, a, in the middle of some very choppy waters. Yes. I mean, I have Papa John's tonight. And when I first saw the numbers, I said, how is that possible? How could they be doing a level of business that, frankly, you know, with comps in the plus 20s? Uh, and the answer is, is because Papa John's is now a much better company than it was. I mean, it's this fellow, Rob Lynch, is, is running it well. David, you yeah. know, some of these companies, they get fresh management in. It, it matters. It, it's, yeah. It really matters. I had Train on last night, and Train was this kind of amalgam of companies, a new manager. Uh, and I, they're blowing away the, the numbers. There's some people out there who are just doing a great job. Then there are other people who are fighting se- uh, secular, cyclical trends. It doesn't matter what they do. Right. Right. Well, talking about trends in the market, I think it is worth bringing up as well. I mean, value is strongly outperforming growth so far. Yes, it is. Uh, and a day doesn't go by that I don't talk to a hedge fund manager who owns and a broad array of technology stocks, which typically fall under the growth category, at least some, let's call cloud and any number of others, even if you thought maybe Peloton was a growth stock or Uber was at one point. What are your thoughts, Jim, about that? Does it continue um, or does it reverse as it seems to so often or seems to have so often in the past? It does eventually reverse just because the stocks go too high. And watch, watch Lindy, my travel trust owns it. They reported an amazing number, and they've got some cyclic. It's very interesting because it's secular growth. It's industrial gases. The reason why I've always liked it is because secular, no cyclical. The, when you read the analyst comments, and Lindy's the biggest industrial gas company. It's a very poor business. They say, you know, we like Lindy. It actually has some cyclicality to it. Well, how many times, Carl, have we dealt with companies where we're, we, we, the kiss of death was, but it turns out there's some cyclicality. We are now looking for companies that have some cyclicality. When you get to that point, you better have a pretty clear roadmap that is J-PAL's continuation of support of this economy. Because I don't want cyclicality, even after maybe after the second rate hike. Uh, I really don't. Right. Meanwhile, you continue to support the Fed chairman's uh, belief. Vociferously. Vociferously. Even though we started off our show today talking about how Uber pricing is sky high. (laughs) I mean, as last I heard, people actually pay those bills. That Uh, like adds up. That's not inflation. There's there is inflation in the system, but I think it's transitory. That's what I guess. Uh, we'll look, keep... Do you think lumber's going to stay at fifteen hundred dollars? Not necessarily. Fifty dollars a year ago. And if we're still having this conversation a year from now, are we still are you still going to say transitory, or will that be a sign that maybe it wasn't? Um, we'll be making a huge amount of money, but we'll be carrying around with wheel wheelbarrows. <laughs> oh God! And bread will go up, Carl, every fifteen minutes. So you better go get bread now. <laughs>
Uh, uh, people who lived through that gym say it was very scary. It was it was yeah. unnerving to go to the store and then go to the store the next day and milk was 50 cents more expensive. And there were only two things that held their value. Masterworks, masterwork art and mansions. And they held their value through Weimar and even through Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Masterwork art. Interesting. Never see is, is well, impervious to hyperinflation. That's fascinating. Isn't it? I think next week is the big Sotheby's auction. We'll keep Wait, do you on, see? Uh, You'll see incredible those, uh, buys. Those masterworks. Because, Carl, masterworks can with, withstand any amount of inflation and have all during the previous century. Hmm. Guys, we should touch on um, this news about uh, vaccine patent protection and potential waivers. Uh, The G7 stopped just short of it yesterday, but the Biden White House clearly supports it. Uh, Some of the vaccine makers stocks did get hit on this news yesterday. And Borla of Pfizer did talk to the exchange on Tuesday about what it would mean if they removed some of those patents uh, for uh, distribution around the world. Here's what he said. I truly believe that uh... It makes zero sense not to mention about the disincentives that will create to the whole biotech industry if waiting the patents. What does it mean in the next uh, pandemic? What does it mean in the next pandemic, Jim? Jeez, I don't know. They're going to make a dollar per share. Uh, that was the plan. And I was thinking that you could give that. It's giving, it was given a two multiple at 39. I thought it could expand to a four multiple. I now feel like it's back to being maybe a one multiple. That that's what people are going to put on it in terms of 15 multiple for the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, David, I was shocked at this. Now, not shocked as a humanitarian. We all want to be humanitarian. But um, I thought that Pfizer was going to reignite its growth. Right. And now I'm concerned. Because of the because of decision the on I, I, yeah, I IP. Or I think you have to. Decision. I think the stocks. And I mean, Moderna reported a fantastic, fantastic number of people just yawned. Well, it's a little, and it is a little curious because it's not clear that it's going to actually help in the near term no. in any way. It's going to take a very long time. That's why Dr. Borla was right. Yeah. And I know uh, Andrew asked uh, Meg in a very, very polite way, listen, you're not an ideologue. What does it mean? Because obviously, I mean, I, I spoke to someone this morning about how this could be bad for Pfizer. And the person said to me, Jim, is that really your takeaway? And the person happens to be someone I live with, so it's not great. Um, right. Well, there's 4,000 people a day or more uh, dying in India. Right. And she it's said, and that's, you all. think about, I said, no. my job is to figure out Pfizer. And she yeah. goes, is it really? Interesting. Right. That said, does it set a, uh, a example or a, a trend that is certainly deleterious for a lot of these companies that are developing things that, cons- that are conceivably going to be going to be well, what they I, profit My friends from. on the right said it's confiscatory. Yeah. yeah that, that, that this is the proof, Carl, that this is the true Joe Biden colors, which is that it doesn't matter what Pfizer says or does or spends. Remember that they're in America and in the end we're a humanitarian country and I'm not used to uh, to having a frank discussion, say, with the CFO and then throwing it away after I had it. It's not my homework. I'm just saying, like, I, wow, I was I came here last night. I, I was on Scott Wapner's show yesterday and I said, Judge, look, I think the, the market's not paying enough for the revenue stream. Well, now they're paying almost nothing for the revenue stream. Nothing. And that's pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean, the, the response, Jim, is going to be, as the journal, I think, said yesterday, that the Pfizer vaccine, at least, is probably going to become the best-selling pharma product 
of all time, yes. uh, surpassing Lipitor, which I think has made a hundred and what twenty five billion dollars over the past decade and a half. Yeah, better and than at some point Mira? someone will argue that's that. It, it, I think it, that's that's what the journal had. Uh, it's very look. If you're pharma, has been under a lot of pressure, and it's been the last. You know, you'd rather be in Cleveland Cliffs than you'd rather be in Bristol Myers, which I reiterate had a horrendous quarter and is losing its ability to even cause me to joke about the name. But uh, I, I, I think that when you look at this group, you got to rethink it. You got to rethink it. If they're able to just wave a wand. Well, but this is we, well, let's assume it's a one time. Why? OK, fair point. I mean, why not just go all in on what, you know, the VA plays for drugs at a good price. Well, we're going to just so- I felt socialize that this was, all the companies. Uh, I, I said this is the, maybe this is the Medicare at last. What, do you think that that's a right wing hack argument? I, I have a hard time believing that would actually come. Well, I think it's going to price. I think it's going to lower the price earnings multiple of the drug stocks. Yes, I think and that's, that's probably a fair. You know, versus Carl, I mean, in, in the list way. of things that people want in their portfolio right now, these these huge trigger pullers, it's really near the low. The question is also whether it's really the best way to go, given the downside in trying to deal with the crisis in these countries that are not getting vaccinated. I think we don't have access to the vaccine. We've all, ha- we are going to have excess doses very I soon. And we've all come to, I think, respect Just Dr. Borla. Him. He comes on a lot because Meg's so fabulous. And I think Dr. Borla is an eminently reasonable man who's trying to save as many lives as possible. And he, his view is being ignored as if he doesn't have a view. David, he's been used being aboard as if he runs a cruise ship and the CDC says you have to put a mask on between bites and drinks. Carl, that is actually what the CDC said. <laughs> they can ship, but you ha- they yep. can go. But you have every time after you've sipped a beer, the mask goes right back on. Who wants it? Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about what the CDC said yesterday, Jim. I know it's something you watch incredibly closely. We'll get to Norwegian's results as well. Uh, We'll get to this split decision on what the street says you should do with Peloton as futures are mixed on this Thursday. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com.
Right, we got earnings from uh, Viacom, uh, Fox after the uh, close yesterday. I want to take a look at both, of course, so-called old media, but really new in a lot of ways, right? Direct-to-consumer certainly so important these days. Uh, not necessarily for Fox, which is really about news and sports, but for Viacom and its Paramount Plus. Let's start there. It does look like the stock is going to be up. Don't forget, of course, this is one of the key stocks wrapped up in the Archego saga. Uh, and where I was talking about it, what, almost every day, right? That and Discovery. Why do they keep going up? Why do they keep going up? Why do they keep going up? And then, of course, they stopped going up, didn't they? Uh, in fact, Viacom shares are up, what, about coming in today, up 5% for the year. For its part, Discovery is up 21%. It's interesting to note, by the way, that Fox, which had underperformed so dramatically for some time, is now actually the best performer of these three names uh, over uh, since the year began. But as for those numbers from Viacom, 6 million global streaming subs were added. They get to 36 million. That does seem to be encouraging some investors this morning. Revenue up about 65% streaming, but of course, you know, where are you coming from? Uh, and ad revenue is pretty strong. They did have the Super Bowl on uh, CBS. They also had NCAA. Uh, but overall, that 14% revenue number year-over-year year increase was a bit better than some analysts had been anticipating. And EPS, at least on an adjusted basis, was well more than the consensus. You can see 122 is what had been estimated. Estimated. The concern, though, continues to be how much you're going to have to uh, spend over time. Remember, they raised $2.7 billion. They did take advantage of Archegos in some way. They, at least with the one, went out there and raised $2.7 billion from issuing stock uh, uh, and, and a convertible. Um, but the question, Jim, remains, how much are you going to have to spend uh, for sub- subscribers that generally are going to have a lower average revenue per user than the good old-fashioned uh, ecosystem that we're all still a part of, but that keeps doing this. Well, I think we're still trying to adjust from the fact that as the stock went up, we kept thinking that they're worth more. I mean, we let the stock dictate our, the analysis. Well, the, but the, 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 you know, there were plenty of analysts yeah, who felt like, I, I, I don't know, but I can't fight it. Or, and then they, you start to justify it in some way. When, there was a Dogecoin aspect of it once yeah. it got past 50. Yeah. Uh, Fox seems to be perhaps the better will be the better performer this morning. And, and, you know, and then broadly speaking, Carl, you've got to just keep in mind there is going to be there's one more realignment yet to come here amongst many of these. Let's call them the smaller players. Um, There's one more realignment. How it all works and who and what and when. Not clear to me yet, but hard to imagine it's not going to come at some point. I think that's so right, Carl. One of the things that's happened during this period is everybody's streaming sounds good. And we'll hear from Roku later this week. I don't know if you have Roku on Tech Check. You've got some great guests lined up. Uh, you have mm. my friend Bill Ford on, who will tell you more about China yes. than anyone else in America. But I, I do think that uh, we may have priced everything off Archegos is smooth. And I I'm still thinking, how did that happen? How about the fact that Viacom did do what GameStop had to do? Yes. And AMC took advantage. Did. Now, Archegos was their own kind of mean Wall Street bet outfit. Yeah. I mean, it still boggles the mind what exactly and how it all went. went why, down. why would Julian Robertson still want to give this man money? I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of it was his own money, which just shows you how wealthy you can become simply as a tiger cub. If he had just bought Dogecoin at the beginning of the year, would we what, be 12, talking about percent, him? What, 12,000%, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Brian, he was up enormously. Don't forget, he had enormous profits in many ways. I know. Uh, chasing shoes. Now he has 60 cents. Yeah, probably. Maybe a little bit He probably now. still can go out there well, Jim, anywhere. It, it does kind of remind you of what Gensler said yesterday and, and probably will continue to say uh, at these hearings, and that is, 
what kind of policy changes need to be made if that era that we're talking about, that that sort of Archegos and the gamification period of earlier this year was truly kind of episodic, right? And right. not systemic. What 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 rule changes do they need to put into? Well, I would say place? that the industry should get ready because Gensler's smarter than they are, and he's very shrewd. And I think that people have to get ready for a different kind of SEC, a very thoughtful SEC that doesn't want shenanigans and doesn't want it to happen again. They do not want another GameStop. They just don't. Guys, we'll take one more break here as we get closer to the opening bell. As we said, coming off the Dow record high. NASDAQ, of course, with four straight losses, is the longest losing streak since October. And we'll see if that continues today with futures just south of the flat line. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back. Time for a mad dash as we get you ready for the opening bell six minutes or so from now. Kellogg reported earnings. Yes. And What'd I did think not. Of them? Uh, well, I did not know that you have Kellogg on. Yes, we have the CEO joining us in our 10 o'clock. Mr. Kaling, o'clock but I've got to tell you, there have been many times when we talked about Kellogg as how many planes were going to to uh, Battle Creek because there might be a takeover. Well, those days should be over. This company reported maybe of the food company, some of the best, best organic growth. And then raise guidance. And I, when I look at this group, I say, geez, this one's well behind the others and it's growing faster. This one is going to be a straight shot, I think, to 68, 69. Uh, and they're on an organic basis. Uh, the company's net sales increased 4%. That's very big for Kellogg. And it's not just the stay at home, I want a bowl of cereal. They are doing a lot of stuff that's very good. By the way, Pringles is doing really well. Now, I have always been a fan of Pringles. You have? Yeah. My wife says that that's like you know, better living through chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think it's darn good. They are pretty good. They are good. And they're quite addictive. But I also I like rice cakes, so I may have no taste whatsoever. How about Pop-Tarts? You like those? Because talk well, about that's, chemistry. Yes. Pop-Tarts were yeah. a great treat when I was growing up, as was uh, Tang. Yes. And when we mixed them, my mom used to get the Welch's grape juice and mix water in it. Mm. What did that say? At the time, it said, oh, we mixed water in it. Right. Only later on did I realize that the rich kids never mixed water in it and never drank Tang and said it was for astronauts. We've, we've talked a lot about this in the past. Remember Hawaiian Punch? That's what I grew up on. So, well, yeah, look how would you like a Hawaiian yeah, Punch? Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, you're going to have a great 3%, interview. That was 3% real fruit juice. Was it really? I didn't know that. Absolutely. You will love this interview because this is a new catalog. And I, I congratulate them for not just sitting there and taking the beating that they have for years and years. All right, that's a nice way to uh, end things here on The Mad Dash. We've got an opening bell a few minutes away. Stay with us. We're still a long way away from our goals. And in our new framework, we want to see actual progress, not just forecast progress. So as we move through the year, we'll get more data. We'll get an employment report on Friday. And as we go through the year and we assess that data, we'll be able to make a judgment about substantial uh, progress. But we're certainly not there yet. 
Street has definitely wrestled with the Fed speak in the past few days, Jim. We heard, of course, from the Treasury Secretary, but uh, other uh, officials talking about when we would begin a taper discussion. And then out comes Clarida, out comes Rosengren, uh, out comes Kashkari, says we're not there yet. No, look, what, what everyone's waiting for, particularly in the home business, is the, the final tick in lumber. And lumber's been the most visible. There's a sense that people say you know, the moment lumber tumbles will be the moment that we'll see a lot of commodities go down. That that's been the bellwether. Lumber is, by the way, a very abstruse market. It's a, not a great two-way market. But, David, one of these commodities is going to have to break, whether it be corn, whether why? it be co- iron ore. Why? Yeah, why? Because the complex trades on momentum. Mm-hmm. And if anyone thought that the momentum, there's a lot of belief that lumber particular is manipulated. Right. Uh, well, it doesn't have to do with the mills as well. It's not just. Well, there's three Canadian mills enough. that are not putting out enough. The right. Canadian market's not sending us enough. That it seems like a very manipulated. Well, there's the opening bell, guys, at NYSE and NASDAQ, uh, S&P, of course, at the bottom of your screen, Jim. I do wonder if you think um, oil will be one of those to break. Uh, J.P. Morgan's holding a call this morning about their longstanding call for a, su- a super cycle in crude because of debt it. reduction, uh, commitment to dividends, decarbonization they think will starve the industry of the capital that you need to meet future oil demand. And I know you've disagreed with Goldman's $80 target. Yeah, I, I don't. That super cycle has always been wrong in our business. The, you know, from the day of the coal super cycle, the uh, fracking sand super cycle, uh, Look, there is a genuine belief that there will be no more pipelines built under Biden. There's a belief that there will be a, a, a gradual uh, clampdown on drilling. And that is making people feel very bullish, along, of course, with the great opening trade. Uh, I still con- uh, contend that there's a level that the, that the Saudis do not want it to go to because we can make a, we can make a lot of money at this level. And that means that our oil, our marginal oil companies are Occidentals, David which is now marginal because that balance sheet, uh, a Devon, uh, a, geez, you know, even an Apache, they can make money here. And I don't think the Saudis want that to happen. Now, when you talk about Oxy, though, just the fact that they survived alone is somewhat extraordinary. It's kind of a low bar. It may be a low bar, but there were not nearly as many bankruptcies as we might have thought even one year ago, Jim, um, given the capital structure of many of these companies heading into the pandemic. You're dead right. Um, and certainly Oxy has performed quite well, stock up 100 percent over the last 12 months. Oh, my hat's we off We talked to yesterday them. about Caesars, a very different industry. But again, right. just come back to a sort of a capital structure that people are like, whoa, that is not going to go well. And in fact, it was the, the opposite. Uh, uh, the stock up 1,000 percent. Right. I, I keep months. thinking about the work that you did, David, with Exxon. Yeah. And how clear it is that it's, it's, hard, it's harder to hate Exxon as a giant polluter when they have a board that I think is conceivably anti-carbon. Yep. A majority even anti-carbon. They have a very serious board that, uh, you know, now there will always be those who say this is all nonsense. It is what they're spending on CapEx is a percent of overall in terms of carbon reduction. They're real. Uh, I tend to, to believe. You agree. They're, they're yes, real, right? I do. I think they're real. I mean, I obviously had Jeff Ubbin on, a most recent addition. Mike Angelakis, also former CFO of Comcast. Heavyweights. Uh, and you go on from around. there. You go on from there. This is the board he wants. This is the board Darren seems to want. Uh, and the question will, will, is, will they deliver? And can, can carbon capture really become a profitable part of this company? 
uh, and one that investors start to really focus on. Now, they'll say, well, you need to put a price on carbon. Right. That for that really to occur, and that's why you're going to continue to hear them push on that, that, that that's what has to happen. And it's not clear the Biden administration is moving in that direction specifically to a price on carbon the way, you know, that bill that almost made it out of the Senate early in Obama's uh, administration would have. Now, what do you think about the prospect uh, that the carbon could be used to mine uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum? Uh, I don't know. It's under consideration from many of the smaller oil companies. Is it? Yes. Well, you bring up something else which has come up, and of course, Carl, you know, which is the, the electricity, the energy use as a result of mining of cryptocurrencies is enormous. Yes. It's, I mean, you know, make your comparison, and I forget some of them, but it's incredible how much electricity demand is going towards people who are yeah. mining. And crypto. with the Ethereum run-up, you're going to start hearing that it's NVIDIA. NVIDIA does have a card. Uh, it's not what NVIDIA wants. They want the card to be used for gaming, Carl. But NVIDIA, like PayPal, will become proxies for this remarkable move in Ethereum. And I, I waved. I was watching uh, uh, Morning with, with Brian Sullivan, and he started with Dogecoin, which I've... Yes. It's hard. But, Carl, the amount of ridiculous money I made in this Ethereum, I mean, it's just like, okay, I won the lottery. <laughs> I won the lottery. I went to this gas station where everybody me, won. Couldn't you have just told me the day you decided to buy some? Couldn't you say, hey, but, hey, Faber, hey. You mean take it offline? This. Yeah, take it. Hey, no, because there's no profit nothing. takers in this stuff. Carl, one of the things that has happened, yeah, nothing. there is not a single. I am the only profit taker in the world in Ethereum. Well, <laughs> I am. I'm the only one. I'm the chump who sold some you Ethereum. It. You need it for your NFTs if you're going to, you know, that's what you need it for. I'm going to. Um, no. I do wonder, Carl, you know, when it comes to it, ESG, which we focus so much on, at what point is crypto going to come into their sites, given the electricity use? Uh, I'm given glad the, you mentioned Given that. what it's doing in terms of the carbon footprint of, of producing all of that energy for people to mine, not just Bitcoin, but all of these. You know, when is that going to start to fall under uh, some scrutiny from those who favor an ESG. Oh, yeah. Our Absolutely. No, it, it costs yeah. a lot more uh, in energy to, to mine it than it does to print a dollar bill. There's no question about that. By the way, uh, PayPal's uh, Shulman talked a bit about this on the call last night. Here's what he said. We've got a tremendous amount of really great, you know, results going on tactically with our cryptocurrency efforts right now. Um, and we're excited about those. We're investing in those. But this whole idea around establishing a uh, digital currency and blockchain business unit inside PayPal was to think about what is the financial system going to uh, start to move towards and how can we be uh, a shaper of that, a leader within that, and, uh, and not a reactor to how that's happening. Uh, sort of in the space, guys, not quite, but it's definitely in the payments and e-commerce space, Jim, is Etsy uh, right now the biggest loser on the S&P. Uh, they beat, but um, uh, did decline to provide some full-year guidance, and they, of course, warned about slowing user growth. How wow. much is this overdone, if at all? Uh, I have uh, Etsy on tonight, and I th- I think the company's great. They've got a lot of uh, neural work that can associate what you really want versus uh, what you're saying. And uh, they're doing such remarkable things in terms of being the place to get something that nobody else has. But they spent a portion of the call 
talking about how they felt that the big bump that they had was was almost entirely stimulus and that stimulus ends. And so therefore, the big bump will end up against a large mass buying. Mass buying is only a few percentage now. They made me feel like it's over, Etsy. I, 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 I was shocked and I'm going to probe them because I think they overdid it on the downside. I really did. I bet you Mother's Day is a very good year for them. I think gardening is going to be good. But I was certainly more positive about Etsy than they were. Well, they are, but they were a stay-at-home play, weren't they? Well, that's the point. Yes. They were a stay-at-home play. I mean, listen, we got got a a misleading chart up there. I mean, take a look at a two-year and just to put it in perspective in terms of where the stock has come from. Really, over the last year, that's all you need. Well, it has been a a principal stay-at-home play. By the way, Dan Schulman said something widely being interpreted on Etsy, which is incredible. The people who have... Crypto, they, of which many keep it there, they are rabid and they check their phone many times a day to see what they're worth. Well, you need to know. It moves around a lot. You do need to know. Yeah. But remember, I'm the only seller, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> Well, you're looking at the only seller you know, in America. Next week, I think. Uh, are you going to sell? No, there, there is a. a, a there's a Banksy painting up for auction at the Sotheby's auction where you can pay in, uh, in Bitcoin or Ethereum. Really? Yeah. You oh, could my Ethereum will be up there? I, I can go buy a Roth. I think it's only going to be a couple mil for you. Oh, it's nothing. Okay, well, it'll be there by then. It's nothing. Carl, you know, the people are buying uh, Dogecoin because of Musk going on Saturday Night Live. I mean, I don't know. I, I I've think, never really I, thought I, about that as, a, as an investment. But maybe we're just uh, fuddy-duddies. Oh, no, not maybe. We are. We're we're in a weird era, weird era, Jim, where uh, where SNL is potentially a, a market event for at least one asset class. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday night. I, I not talk to anybody who has any clue about what's going on or what will happen on Saturday. But Jim, Carl, you mentioned the rehearsal. cruise lines earlier. Should we go to the rehearsal? It, uh, yes. I wonder if he's showing up for at a 1030, rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. Um, Norwegian, Jim, uh, is basically flat. Uh, revenue down 99%. Yeah. You don't see that too often. A total of $3 million. And they do see a quarterly loss this quarter. Yeah. I mean, Frank Del Rio, who's done such FDR, as I call him, has done such a great job in staying afloat. But then people say, well, wait a second. He makes a lot of money. He has GE-like salary, David. I know you care about that. But uh, they're not getting any help from the CDC. And a lot of people feel that if you're really going to make it so that it doesn't matter if you're you treat guests who are vaccinated the same way that you don't, which is the CDC's perspective. Well, forget it. There's really nothing they can do. I, I, I just think that the government or the CDC would like to put these guys out of business. I really believe that. Why? Do, that sounds I mean, they don't want to put them out of business. I think they've watched that documentary too many times documentary on the carnival yeah. cruise one yeah and they've just decided nobody should be able to cruise well, i think that was a suboptimal depiction of the industry it was it was but these and these rules are certainly somewhat bizarre david if you have a sip of a beer you immediately have to put the mask you, on so the moment even if everybody on the ship is fully vaccinated doesn't matter well that doesn't make any let's say you're that taking a bite of a hamburger sense. yes well i think you wipe your mouth you know you Blot your mouth, you put it on. Right. Then you take another bite, but you have to take it off. I mean, Carl, I mean, is this really a, an attempt by, by a government agency to keep an industry going? I mean, what are they going to have people on, on the. They, are they going to have constables who arrest you if you blow your nose and don't. And, and, and take your mask off to blow your nose? COVID coordinators, that's what you call COVID, them. Is that what they call them? Yeah, COVID coordinator. 
Since when you made that up? <laughs> no, well, actually, no. Yeah. Yeah, there's COVID coordinators. There's COVID coordinators. I don't know. Our last last night, uh, that mask I had, up. Some, I had some people up. together don't last get night. Too close. It's not. It's a different world. They let you to be 100 percent capacity, but you can't put people six feet from each other. CDC, thank you for pre- giving us the most mixed message ever. Their messaging yeah. has got to uh, be. You, there's no question. Yeah. Sorry, Carl. Uh, yeah, Jim, you have been a. Uh, a critic of, of their comms lately, at least, and that seems to be well borne out. Uh, obviously, some tough sledding here in the early going. Uh, sectors are mixed. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Um, flat open, essentially, here. But a word that Biden's willing to compromise on the corporate tax rate, that's getting a lot of play on trading desks. I think uh, people realizing we're not going to see some of these big increases in taxes. We'll, meet, we'll see some, but not anything near uh, what the original proposals were. You see the trend here. The bias is once again uh, towards the reopening plays. So materials, industrials, energy doing well. This is really the story for the second quarter. E- ever since the uh, start of April, uh, these have tended to outperform. Uh, tech has tended to underperform. In fact, let me just show you uh, how the sectors are doing since the start of the quarter. Now, this is April 1st, the start of the second quarter I'm talking about. And you see the bias uh, towards the reopening here with materials, energy banks outperforming, communication services doing well. But tech, with the S&P up about 5% for the quarter, the second quarter, tech is the laggard here, up about 2%. And of course, a lot of the more speculative tech aspects, uh, particularly thematic tech, Kathy Wood stuff, uh, are down uh, on the quarter, rather notably. As for the S&P, very narrow trading range since we started earnings season about three weeks ago, maybe April 23rd, you can work around there. We were about 41.70, what, uh, three weeks ago? We're about 41.70 today. So all the gains this year have essentially occurred uh, in the middle of March to the middle of April. And once the earnings season start, we've essentially, essentially moved sideways. A real testimony to the idea that the market anticipated these fabulous earnings, even the blowout earnings we're seeing, 20% above expectations, and still having a hard time moving forward. Uh, I think that's going to be an issue for the third and fourth quarter. Uh, so today, big story is uh, Gary Gensler is testifying in front of the House Financial Services Committee. This is the third hearing on GameStop, but it's his first hearing uh, as the head of the SEC. The testimony is out already. Uh, not surprisingly, he's addressing gamification of trading, uh, payment for order flow, and has a big discussion about this, whether broker-dealers have conflicts of interest, uh, whether uh, encouraging more trading, they get the more Trades happen, the more they get paid. Is there a conflict there? Uh, disclosure of short positions. You know, you don't have to disclose short positions unlike you have to disclose long positions. Should people do that? Uh, and that's a big debate. You're going to hear a lot about that. Uh, and he does address the Archegos fallout to a certain extent, talking about whether there is a need for more regulation of swaps. I'll tell you what I find interesting about the written testimony. There is no specific recommendations. It doesn't say, I am going to do this. What he does say time after time is, I am asking my staff for recommendations on what we ought to be doing. And at the end, he says he's going to publish a report of market events over the summer. In other words, he's going to aggregate all the recommendations from his staff and publish a report. Well, this puts them on notice. The committee is now going to be expecting some kind of report from him 
in the middle of the summer about what exactly he's come to, what kind of conclusions he's come to. Uh, and I think some of the commentary is a little more aggressive than some people in the community had been anticipating. Finally, Carl, he mentions reviewing events for what he calls violations. Well, this tells me he's bringing in the enforcement division. These are the cops that are out there. And we may hear about some potential violations out there. Two things, Carl, didn't mention anything about ESG in there. Nothing about Bitcoin as well. These are the other two big topics that are going to be uh, front and center in his administration. Nothing in there. But, Carl, I'm sure he'll be asked about it and we'll be monitoring it. Back to you. Uh, Bob, we'll rely on you for that. Our Bob Pisani. Bob, thanks. Uh, obviously, we got productivity numbers this morning and a nice number on claims, relatively speaking. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. You're absolutely right. Now, granted, uh, the under 500,000 initial claims of 498 is a good thing, but there was an upward revision from 553 to 590. And of course, many people that follow the moving averages of initial claims uh, have pointed out that that makes this week's sort of a wash, but it's still, uh, if you look at the most recent read, the current rate of change under 500,000 is a good thing. If you look at an intraday chart of tens, there wasn't a whole lot of movement, but we did start to climb afterwards. Now, you might be thinking, well, isn't that proof that the market liked the number? Well, productivity was good as well, as Carl mentioned, but I think one of the driving forces today in interest rates is the euro. Now, if you look at the three-day of tens here, what you need to pay attention to is if we start trading under 155, you're going to see some sell stops or buy stops because the price is going up, and that's going to trigger some activity. Now, back to Europe because Europe's key here today. Here's a 24-hour chart of boons. Okay, they're at minus 21 basis points. Uh, they are selling off, pushing yields higher, and the main reason. And do keep in mind that the highest post-COVID close for boon deals is minus 19. So we're getting close to that again. They're getting things under control. They had a shaky start on vaccinations, getting their kind of ducks in a row here, and the market's taking notice. We all know how investors like to move to the best opportunity, at least in their minds, and right now that seems to be Europe. Look at the not only the euro currency, how it's flying along with interest rates, euro moving higher, pressuring the dollar, Look at the loonie. Look at the Canadian dollar. Now, this is a dollar versus Canada chart going back to September 2017 because the dollar is currently at a three and a half year low. Remember, Canadians, the Australians have these commodity economies. And boy, at this point in time, they're hot, hot, hot. Carl Jim David, back to you. All right, Rick, we'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, Rick Santelli coming up a little bit later this morning. Kellogg, as you heard Jim say a moment ago, posting a quarterly beat and raising guidance. Sales continue to grow as the economy reopens. And we'll have an exclusive with the CEO in the next hour. As the S&P is looking for a little direction here, down about two points, Dow and the Nasdaq are split once again. Don't go away. Coming up this morning, don't miss an exclusive with Michael Dell this morning, coming up on Tech Check at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. In the meantime, a little bit of erratic action here. Nothing moving too dramatically. You got the VIX back to 19.5, 10-year yield around 157. Uh, we'll see what happens as this Thursday trading day gets started. Don't go anywhere. You want to talk about the economic reopening? How about Jim, David, and me together last night? 
for the first time in 14 months as Jim's Restaurant in Brooklyn does a soft reopening, guys. We, we talk about this reopening trend all the time, but it was nice to have it actually get personal last night. Thank you for coming. And thank you, Dave, for coming. One of my uh, thoughts uh, about Uber was that I this was the first time I've eaten inside that it, it, I just found it so exhilarating. I, I just didn't know it would be such a big deal to have a to have a beer with I someone. I know it was great. It was just great. It was great to see be together. Right. Uh, I no can't masks. believe it's been 14 months since we were all together right. and, and no masks and drinking at a bar. Oh, my God. It was just that incredible was with a mark, special mortgage that we put together. And, I, you know, Carl, to see you, I don't think people realize I, I haven't seen Carl since the. Yeah. Since it's like March 6th. Since yeah. my birthday. Yeah. That fabled birthday oh, party right. where you said, so oh, Jim, don't, don't even, Jim don't. keeps talking about this pandemic as if one day it's going to come here. <laughs> Okay, I guess I still deserve it. We all remember, Jim. I mean, and now that we know that this is possible, now it's going to be up to companies to establish protocols so that we can make that kind of thing happen on set, which is much. It's not easy to do, but we're we're working on that. And I did ask people. I mean, I wanted everyone to be vaccinated. (laughs) You know, I know that it's become like taboo that you just say, listen, I need you to be vaccinated. Psychological, you know, people You just got to get past that as well. But you got to get to stop trading. And everybody asks, by the way, I mean, Carl is tall, but you and I are. No, I, be, I shrink by the hour. I know. Um, okay. <laughs> when my I shrink, father. I won't even be in the picture just, anymore when I start to shrink. My father was bigger than me, and then he was smaller than me. And, okay, so Rocket Company, speaking of smaller, Rocket Companies is a very good company, and it's yeah. the leader in mortgages. But uh, they did give, they talked about uh, pricing, uh, partner channel pricing, not that good. But what I really feel is that they want to dominate. And when you want to dominate, maybe you have to cut margins. Now, does, should this stock be down as much? I think a lot of people were saying, you know what, it, it, it's too risky. So we are getting number cuts. By the way, one that I'm actually thrilled is going up a little is Peloton. Uh, I'll give you two for in here. John yeah. Foley is doing everything he can. They will come out to your house at your convenience, retrieve your tread, and give you a, a full refund. And I don't know, how could you do better than that? And my hat's off to John Foley, who really is... I mean, everyone loves the treadmill. I, mean, I know there's issues, but Carl, I think John Foley's the real deal, and I think that uh, they're going to survive this, even though a lot of people feel it's too expensive. They'll come out on the other side. Yeah, I did, didn't quite get to 80 uh, this morning, 80 and a half, uh, and Baird did say to buy the dip yesterday. We're going to watch Peton for sure, Jim, and you'll have the numbers to kick around, along with pizza, right? I, look, I, pizza is, it's become the food. And remember, that's the little guy that just... There's 150,000 restaurants that went under, and a lot of them were pizza places. They didn't have the technology. And uh, you remember, pizza had good numbers, too. Uh, I want to be in Rob Lynch's position because you want to be a seller of pizza right now. Not a buyer of pizza. I just love Great it. show, guys, and thank you again for Jim, last night. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, we had a blast. Thank you, Jim. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.